another week and another episode of the Granny Panty Podcast, where I highlight mature creators in the adult industry. I'm your host, Ruby Lynn. And don't forget, I want you to hit subscribe before you get too far into this video. Let me introduce my guest this week, someone that I've known literally almost from my first day in this industry. And I just adore her. We recently got to spend some time together streaming at AVN and had a blast. So let me welcome Carrie Anthony, aka Platinum Pussy. How are you? I am fantastic. Um, I had a great time in Vegas. I loved camming with Chatterbait. It was my first time with Chatterbait. And I'm happy to be home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. (laughs) What was that? It was a busy week. It was. I came in um, early Tuesday morning and thought, oh, I'm here early. But it was literally nonstop business meetings, all kinds of stuff from the minute I touched down until literally the morning of Monday when I left. So (laughs) I paid photo shoots. um, I was camming at Avian. I did the red carpet. I did the Gavians. It was a lot. You did it all. You did it all. It was the first time. Usually I come to AVN and I just kind of like peruse the floor. I stay for an hour to see people that I know and introduce myself to people that I don't know because I have this like rule when I go to expos, I try to meet at least five new people or make five new connections. And so I'll try to incorporate that and like get in and get out. This year, um, my partner didn't come with me, so I had a little bit more freedom to do the parties and the red carpet and all that kind of stuff. Not that he doesn't like to do it, but, you know, he's kind of a private guy. And um, so this time I was like, well, let me see how much I have left in me. And I learned very quickly I'm getting old and tired. (laughs) Wow. That is not the life for me. You looked amazing. I saw you the night of the Gavian Awards, and holy cow, you just looked so beautiful. Um, But yeah, I get you. We got there on Monday and, you know, tried to come in a day early. I had a full day photo shoot on Tuesday, and then, you know, Wednesday, I was filming scenes and then the convention, and yeah, it just did not stop until we left on Sunday. (laughs) So I feel you. Yeah, this is the first time that I've actually, um, so I shot two solo scenes for a company for the first time in 10 years. And this is the first time I've shot at a convention in a really, really long time because early on I made a rule that I'm going to set a, a series of goals and I take shooting out of the equation because I feel like I'm not able to give my best if I'm trying to be at the expo and have that on personality and then showing up for scenes, you know, as you know, it's a lot, it's a lot to try to like slice yourself up into a pie. So I like to devote my attention to like, especially now since I've got the fashion show and the Mm -hmm. seminars and the booths and like trying to shoot in between that is just too chaotic. And I just don't feel like I'm able to give a hundred percent. And because I'm so dedicated and passionate about my work, I want to make sure that I am like 1000% on set. So if you book me or if we do a collab together, you know that I'm showing up and I'm not like, oh, I'm so hungover from the night before or I'm exhausted. So right, <laughs> right. you know, I agree with you because after AVN, it was a little crazy. I had six scenes booked and in the end, two held. So that was interesting. I hadn't really had that kind of um, cancellation. <laughs> Uh, percentage that high before 
But um, coming home, uh, my partner and I did say, because we use events to shoot scenes. Because right. we live in Portland, Oregon, and it's really dry out here. Like, no one, <laughs> you know, it's not like Vegas, LA, Miami. People aren't just coming through Portland, you know, that you can collaborate with. And so we like to focus on that. And I agree with you this time. It was like, um, trying to shoot scenes in the morning, trying to get to the convention in the afternoon. Then there was, you know, the possibility of different platforms hosted cocktail parties that we wanted to attend. Right. And so I think I'm looking forward to X biz Miami. And Me it's too. Like, am I there for the convention or am I there for collaborations? And honestly, I think collaborations take precedence over, you know, the, um, the different events going on at the convention. So I'm definitely going to plan my ex-biz Miami a little differently this year. I feel like what happens, and I think you experienced it in Las Vegas at AVNs, is that people overcommit. They're trying to like book their their calendar and they want to make sure that they get the most out of their trip. But what happens when you do that is that you don't take into consideration travel time. You don't take into consideration, you know, the expo itself is very energy draining. You yeah. There's a lot of factors, you know, like I've had to really sit down and do some self-care scheduling and self-care meaning, okay, I need an hour in the morning for my coffee. I need to um, make time for lunch. I need to make time for dinner. I need to make time to, for snacks. The great thing about Chatterbait was that they provided uh, drinks and snacks and there was always something there to keep you energized, which worked yep. really well for me because I will go literally all day and six or seven o'clock be like, oh, I probably should eat now. And it's like, by that time, my body is just like, right. what do you want me to do now? Like I've, I've exhausted, like the extra tank of gas is empty. Like it's done. Yeah. So I have to definitely give Chatterbait a thumbs up on that. Yeah. And for me, like I said, I have to be real careful with the scheduling and I don't like to be stuck in a situation where I need to be at certain places at certain times, like all throughout the day. I like to have big chunks of time to just kind of wade through and, you know, stop and say hi to loyal fans or whatever company that I may see that I want to have a nice long conversation in a face-to-face, -face, which is, I think what's been very beneficial for me in creating these really great relationships with companies is that I take the time to sit down and have these difficult conversations, tell them what I like, tell them what I don't like. Right. And um, it, it's definitely a formula that's taken a long time to come. I mean, I've been going to these things since 2008, mm -hmm. but it's a formula that works really well for me. And I feel like when I leave, I feel very accomplished rather than, I mean, don't, yeah. don't get it twisted. Like I definitely am happy to come home and be like, I don't have to be anywhere. I can get up when I want to get up. I don't have to, you know, think about how long is it going to take to get from this place to that place right. and where do I need to be at what time? So yeah, I'm happy to be home. But AVN was very, very amazing for me. Yes, it was. It was. And um, even overwhelming at sometimes I had no idea what to expect. It was my first one. So yeah, you did great. Awesome. You did wonderful. I'm very happy and <laughs> proud of you. I survived and I didn't get COVID or the avian flu or anything. I was thankful for that. I didn't either. I did get a little, like, I wasn't sick per se. I was just, I think my body was just recuperating from 
late, early mornings and late nights. I'm kind of an older person. So I get up early. I take a nap in the afternoon and then I'm good until like 10 or 11 o'clock. And then at that point, that's usually the time that he comes home and he's like, okay, disconnect from everything. This is our time. Right. And it's a schedule I'm getting accustomed to, but cause I'm used to working till two, three, four or five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, when I come home, that's our time. And so the phone goes mm-hmm. down. I have to get off the computer, camming's out, talking to fans, that's out. So, and I actually appreciate it. It's nice to have a partner that knows how to force you into, not force, but, you know, um, convince you to let go of the things that distract you. So I like it. I do. So this conversation brings up. I want to explore how you got into the adult industry. And I love that Nikki Knight refers to you as the pornosaurus of adult (laughs) or of sex work. The pornosaurus as in a reference to thesaurus. Yes. (laughs) So tell me, that's something I've never asked you is like, how did you get into this? You've been in it a while. You just said you've been going to AVN since 08. So tell her. So nearly nearly two decades I've been in the business. First of all, let me just say, I fucking love Nikki Knight. Yeah, me too. I absolutely, like, I had to telegram her and be like, listen, I don't know where you are, but you better come up here and give me a hug, like, right now. We need a selfie together because we saw each other and we hugged and we talked, but we, I am horrible about getting selfies with people. And so I was like, if I leave here, because I saw her in another convention, no selfies. Saw her somewhere else, no selfies. So I was like, at this show, we have to get a selfie. So fast forward, let's, okay, well, actually, let's rewind. Um, 2004, I worked for a company that I didn't qualify for short-term disability. And so I was going to be out of work for six weeks. And so I was like a single mom, I had bills to pay and not getting paid for six weeks was detrimental to my survival. So I look online and I'm like, I need a job that I can do while I'm recuperating from this medical um, procedure. I find a phone operator job, not knowing that it was phone sex, but back in those days, a lot of people had um, not really like a studio, but kind of like a studio set up. And for phone sex, they would set you up on night flirt, but you didn't know it was night flirt. They just had these like things where you could log in, you could log out. But um, so I I signed up for this phone operator and she was like, well, it's phone sex. Now, to give you a little bit of insight to pre-porn Carrie, I had this thing for military men. I lived in Jacksonville, Florida. So there's three Navy bases there. And so I had this thing for military men, men in uniform and, you know, that whole thing. And so I spent a lot of time having phone sex for free with these guys that would go overseas and, you know, we would get all hot and bothered until they got back or whatever. And so phone sex was definitely not anything new to me. In fact, I was pretty good at it. So I was like, let me give this a shot. So boom, I get online. I'm fucking loving it. I'm literally recuperating on my sofa. Oh yeah, baby. And then I get this call and the guy says, tell me what you look like. So I'm like, um, okay, I'm 250 pounds, blah, 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 click. And I'm just like confused. Like why, why did he hang up? And then it, you know, I call the, the lady that I worked for and I'm like, Um, So I'm telling the guy what I look like and he hangs up and she says, oh, we don't use your pictures. We use somebody else's pictures. And I'm like, why wouldn't you tell me what I look like on my fantasy? 
So she's like, do you want to use your own pictures? And I was like, of course I do. Like, and then from there, I realized that there was this BBW community in the adult industry and that there was a desire and a, a need for these plus size women that do nude photos and adult movies and all that kind of stuff. So it went from doing pictures. And then of course the fans were like, Oh, I want to see you getting it on. And I'm like, Oh, I want to get it on, on film. Sure. Why not? So my first film that I ever filmed was on a Walgreens. It was this little video camera that you could literally go to Walgreens and put like four batteries in four double A's. It was literally the size of my palm. And I, I stuck it. it on this little tripod. I had a fireplace going, like I had the fire going, horrible lighting. You can literally see like my butt. You can't see anything from my waist up. You see my butt. I have on some lingerie and some little black heels, which I still have, by the way. And my co-star was a person of color, this very dark skinned, beautiful, hot guy who's literally, you can't see anything above his waist. <laughs> And all you see is him doing me um, doggy style. I love it. And then I put this song to it called, um, it's by Changing Faces. And it's like, do you mind if I stroke you up? <laughs> and so literally it's like, and it's this like epic scene with the fireplace. I wish I still had it. I need to go through like old hard drives. But mm -hmm. so that scene literally went viral. The, the fans went nuts. They were like, oh my God, that's like so hot. And I'm like, that was. <laughs> yeah but they but like that amateur stuff sometimes they didn't like it they loved it and so yeah. that fueled this desire to oh i can do this and that the rest is all history i started doing you know independent amateur stuff for a long time and then i shot a couple scenes with companies but that wasn't for me i'm not i'm more of like an organic connection kind of person so yep showing up and then being like hey this is um john doe your co-star today and you're there you're gonna do a a threesome with this guy and you're like who is he i don't even know who this guy is like i'm not good with that so it's it was very awkward and so early on i decided that the company thing wasn't for me so i went back to shooting just amateur stuff with a couple of actually the guy that i did the first scene with who was no like relationship to me aside from just being a good friend and right. my film star and then I found another guy the same situation and it just worked really well for me for quite a while and awesome. boom now you got me <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love um you know similar I kind of had a similar thing too as I started selling dirty panties and then guys wanted content you know and it just kind of morphed so the more I talk to you know, creators, I find out everybody for the most part kind of st steps into it a little bit like that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So last year I felt like you kind of rebranded or took a little bit of a, all right, I'm going to take this. I'm going to choose door number two. Can you talk more about that? Because we have never really talked about what brought that about and, and what did you change? So if we're being 100% transparent, and that's definitely the message that I'd love to send to people is like, you know, be comfortable in your truth. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of soul searching. And, you know, to give you a little backstory, I've always struggled with this balance of life and the adult industry. And for a long time, Platinum Pussy has really dominated my life. 
everything that I do is adult industry related. All my friends are in the adult industry. My day from start to finish is all adult industry. And I had to take a little break because it was consuming my life to the point that like other elements of my personal life were feeling conflict because I wasn't giving them the devotion and attention and, you know, and those are things that, you know, those are, I'm a very big family person. I'm, you know, I will work hard to try to repair mistakes that I've made, or I'm just a big person that believes in family. So I took some time off, you know, did some soul searching, bonded, you know, I have grown children that unfortunately found out about this in a really dramatic and unfortunate way. And so it created for them some animosity. And so I took some time to rebuild those relationships. Then from there, I enjoyed the break so much because when you do this kind of work, it is kind of a 24 hour on thing. It takes a lot of work to disconnect and not give that same. I'm very passionate about the things that I do. And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of like the key to my success along with other things. But I feel like my fans know that. And so with that comes the devotion and that determination to always be there for them. And so in the midst of that little like hiatus, I just felt like, you know what? I don't want to really do the platinum pussy sex puppet, pussy puppet type thing anymore. I want to move in a different direction and something that I've always been fairly good at um, and still growing and learning and evolving is helping other models, up and coming talent and other females in this industry that are kind of finding their way and and need some guidance and need some help and just need a mentor to help them establish their business and kind of figure out what it is that they want to do. And because I've got all this background in the industry and so much knowledge and resources, I felt, let me build something that brings everyone together. And it starts as BBW, but it's turning into something bigger than that. I want to be inclusive to trans. I want to be inclusive to obviously all different cultures, different sizes. I don't, you know, you could be small, big, whatever, but now it's kind of like a message of inclusivity, even though at the forefront, it says, I heart BBW. And so I started selling thigh highs turned into a fashion show. And then it's just kind of grown from there. That's awesome. I love that. I love that you um, took that time off too, because I'm at, I'm in the midst of that like 24 hour thing. You know, I'm still building. So 16 hour days is nothing. 6am to 11pm. Yeah. You know, got to be available. It's a um, lot. Did you continue? Have you continued to run like fan sites? And that kind of thing to be available? Or are you even more moving away from content creation? I'm not moving away from content creation. I'm moving into a different direction. I've always been dominant and I've always had a dominant personality in the industry. So, you know, that whole, you know, trying to be the sex kitten or the the MILF cougar on the prowl, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a fraudulent personality. It's just not accurate that I'm a sex, you know, cougar 24 hours a day, you know? And so that for me, and then the whole explaining what a pussy puppet is for me, a pussy puppet is when the fans tell you when they want to do what they want to do. And then you kind of move when they're like, Oh, I'm ready for you to do this, do this, do that. And I'm just like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh. so I've, I've moved into this whole femdom, 
more of a dominant personality doing what I want, when I want, how I want, and you can get with the program or you can keep it pushing. That's, <laughs> that's my thing, but I'm still, I'm still doing content. Um, I'm moving away from, uh, only fans and working primarily with loyal fans. I love their, their platform better. Um, and I like that I have a phone, like they're a phone call away. If I have a question, I can email Skype, call someone and I get a response where only fans just send you running after your own tail with no real. Oh yeah. It's like the spinning wheel on the computer. Um, yeah, definitely. I think loyal fans has an amazing, uh, platform for sure. For sure. And I hope someday they overtake OnlyFans. I mean, I'm I'm on OnlyFans. I'm pretty high or, you know, pretty high up on there. But it's because it's a household name. Everybody knows about it now. You know, it's not that it's a great platform. It actually sucks. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate. But, you know, through time, I think with, you know, people like myself and others that really stand behind loyal fans, eventually it's going to become a household name as well. And people will, you know, there's just so many features. I'm actually getting ready to do a webinar. I haven't selected the date yet because I'm waiting for loyal fans to get back to me because I want them to be involved, but I'm going to do a webinar and go through like what it is that I love about loyal fans. Cause there's just so many things. And when people ask me on podcasts, I'm like, do you have another hour? Cause really it takes that long to kind of go through why I really love the loyal fans platform. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm still doing content a lot less frequently to be honest, but yeah, I'm still here to some degree, but really I'm finding passion in the fashion show, doing seminars. I'm going to start doing, uh, tutorial Tuesdays and webinar Wednesdays on my YouTube channel and just really sharing a lot of my insight and knowledge and helping, you know, performers or those that are seeking to become a performer, really getting a a firm and knowledgeable grasp on what being an online performer is really like. I love that. And I think there's a huge market for mentorship like that and coaching. And I can't wait for your YouTube videos. I'll definitely be tuning in. Oh, yay. You helped me a lot with to get started on Reddit, of which I never, you know, kept up with because it just it's like this ever changing uh, landmine out there in Reddit land. But it's I a lot. Your, <laughs> I love your fashion shows too. And the first, I think the first one I saw was uh, Exotica, New Jersey, in twenty one. When I oh knew yeah, you had done the fashion show, and. So tell me about the the ladies that you have in the fashion show, the models. Do they reach out to you? Are they people that you've reached out to? How can we how can women get the 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 iHeart BBW women get in your fashion show? So let me just say this first and foremost. iHeart BBW is more than just a fashion show. Mm-hmm. Um it's a community of of us that are like-minded and want to be supportive to each other and a positive space for that whole like camaraderie and and just helping each other in this industry. Now, iHeartBBW is the sponsor and the main ta- the mainstay of the fashion show. Mm-hmm. How you can get involved is you can go to iHeartBBW.com backslash application, put in your information. We are updating it to include some questions and give more information because obviously as this show grows, 
we have a limited amount of space. And so we have to go through a selection process now. And it's unfortunate. I wish I could have everyone, but you know, the stage is, but only so big. Right. You can fit only so many people. And if I could get 100 people on there, great. That'd be awesome. Unfortunately, that's not the reality of the situation. And truth be told, that's a lot of people to manage in a fashion show. But yeah, you, I welcome everyone to apply. Don't think that you can't do it. It's, I've chosen some that were, that came to DC. So basically how I did it was they showed up for a couple of my lives. We go live every Thursday at uh, 11 PM Eastern standard time on uh, youtube.com backslash iHeartBBW, And we talk about what we're looking for. We talk about some of the events that we've done, some of the events that we're doing, because we're branching out to do a pool party in Vegas in the summer. And we've got all kinds of cool things happening. So if you're interested, just, just put in your application and don't have like an expectation on when we'll get back to you because we have exceeded a thousand applicants in a year. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, it's a great place to be, but at the same time, it's also a lot of administrative work. So that means I have to hire people to go through and, you know, go through applications and figure out who they are and, you know, that whole. And so now we're also doing something where if you find our videos or if you go to our stuff on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter, and even YouTube, you can comment. We're looking at the comments. If you stitch one of our TikToks or if you do a reel and you tag us, all of those things help you, you know, be seen. And if we see you and you have an application on file, that's going to help elevate you to other stages of our selection process. So be supportive. That's the minimum amount of, you know, effort and you'll be seen. That is so cool. And so will you be at um, all four Exoticas then? Oh, of year? course. Exotica is the reason why the fashion show exists. So, um, and I've got to give a shameless plug for Boob Tube, which is Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Exotica.tv. All of this is possible via Exotica. And I, I honestly have to give them a lot of credit for the motivation and providing us with a space, providing us with the opportunity, mm-hmm. and just being all around extremely supportive of a diverse, you know, and inclusive environment. So big shout out to Exotica for not only seeing the vision, but helping make it happen. Because to be honest with you, I truthfully don't think I would have made it this far (laughs) without them. So got to give them credit, you know? That's awesome. I hope to make it to at least one this year. Um, It wasn't in the cards last year, but yeah, I hope so this year. That is awesome. So tell tell us about 2023. Do you have what do you, do you have any big projects? What's gonna be uh, focus? Do we have another hour? No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So 2023. One of the things that I definitely want to do is speak more about not only being. So I'm very passionate about being a BBW, which is a big, beautiful woman, or plus size, curvy. Um, but I also want to talk about, and which is really great that I'm on the Granny Panty podcast, is talk about how aging in the industry has some really awesome effects, but also some adverse effects. A lot of people kind of discredit us because, you know, once you get older, they feel like you're not the big, the newest, you know, shiniest toy in the store. And in fact, one thing I feel like is really missing from our generation currently is no real respect for the people that paved the way to make it possible for them to have the opportunities that they have. 
And so that whole, that whole thing kind of pulls into ageism, like, oh, you're old, you're not even relevant anymore. And it's like, oh, but I'm very relevant. Right. Do your homework. Um, and so that's something I really want to touch on and explore and talk about. And, you know, also like going through menopause in the industry, because obviously, you know, I started when I was 30. I'm getting ready to be 50 in a couple of years. In fact, my birthday's in a couple of weeks. I'll be 48. Yay. I went through menopause while I was in the industry. So a lot of my self-care routine and a lot of the things that I've incorporated into my daily routine now came from going through menopause and being in this situation where it was really difficult to cam. It was difficult to shoot. It was, it was hard just waking up and being a positive. (laughs) I just wanted to lay in bed and be like, right. So, and I think that's something that needs to be talked about because it's happening, you know, there's, especially with only fan, the influx of like fan clubs or, you know, camming and you can be any age, you know, it's something we should talk about because there's a lot of older performers that have had longevity and success and are currently, you know, going through their own health issues and, you know, a lot of things that take place when you get older. So, and I I also want to talk about the positivity of it. Like you don't let your age determine how much longer you have in this business. No. Because if you're ambitious, if you are a go-getter, if you're a business person and you really, you know, have some healthy boundaries, you can last forever. Yeah. And, you know, um, part of my starting this podcast was to talk about, you know, maturing um, in in the industry. And yeah, I didn't get in until I was 53. I plan to do this till, you know, they they throw dirt on my box. You know, it's like, right. There are just so many things you can do. So since you mentioned navigating menopause while in the adult industry, can you talk about how you have navigated that? I mean, have you um, done hormone replacement, natural regimens? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, So everything that I've done has been natural. They wanted to put me on hormonal, that kind of stuff. And I just said, you know what, let me try organic and natural things first. And if that doesn't work, then we'll try other things. But I'm very much, I'm not a pill taker. I'm not heavy on prescription medication. The only prescriptions I take are those that are like absolutely necessary. I'm diabetic. So, and I'm working on getting undiabetic, <laughs> but with the hormones and stuff, yeah. I just, um, I take Primrose. Um, there's this thing called Primrose and Bi- Biotin yes. and um, a couple of other vitamins that have been extremely uh, beneficial and helped me to navigate the menopause phase. Awesome. And um, so that worked out great for me. So no, no hormonal treatments. Thank goodness. I was really, really fortunate. But yeah, it's, it's tough because one of the things that happens when you go through menopause is like your hormones are like all over the place. So your emotions are all over the place. And it's really when you are your product, Mm -hmm. which in this industry, you are the product. So if your body is sick or if you're, you know, you get into a car accident and your face is mold or, you know, you have any type of disformation or like for right now I'm, I'm going through like really bad skin. Um, I'm having like an allergic reaction to, I don't know if it's like laundry detergent or what, but like, and so my whole body is like rash and itchy. And so these are things that affect your ability to perform because I don't feel comfortable showing that my skin looks like I was attacked mold by a bear. (laughs) 
or it just looks, you know, just, it just looks different. Right. And so me a little insecure to be honest, mm-hmm. but yeah, when you're going through menopause, it, it takes normal thoughts and expands them like a hundred percent. So True. you start thinking like, if somebody doesn't like me or, and, and I'm not normally like that. So yeah. for me, I feel like menopause put me this in, in this weird place of like emotional, chaos right and my partner I have to I have to give shout outs to my partner who was pivotal and phenomenal during this process and still to this day puts up with my craziness because some <laughs> everyone, you know, it, it can be tough yeah it can be tough I heard um a reference I think it was Suzanne Summer's book I can't remember and she's like when you hit pen- menopause it's like the um oh the grumpy, sleepy, weepy, you know, all the different elves. <laughs> yeah. All the seven dwarfs. Oh, dwarfs. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, like turning into the seven dwarfs, Snow White and the seven dwarfs, yes. except you're all of them. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. that's totally true. Weepy, grumpy. I don't know the, yeah, sleepy for sure. There's Doc, sleepy, grumpy, dopey. Dopey. That's four. There's we a, need three more. I know. I'm going to throw in Mars. Weepy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Sounds good to me. So what? as we wrap up the show, one of the things I love to ask, and I can't, you're the perfect person, is a couple different things. One is, what would you tell, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? So say that 28-year-old who got into the business. We'll start there. I would tell myself that I would definitely tell myself to set healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. I feel like even up until current, I've, I I overextend myself, overcommit. I want to help everyone. And that has backfired on me more times than I can count. And so I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't set healthy boundaries. And so I would tell myself to set healthy boundaries. I would also tell myself to be smarter financially and be more responsible (laughs) and enjoy, you know, like just enjoy, like if I could tell myself then the things that I know now, I'd just be like, yo, this is the journey for you. Like back then I was so uncertain and I struggled with this like double life and is this the right thing to do? And of course, you know, people were telling me, oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing that you could possibly do with your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 20 years later, it's like, where are you now? Okay. Still doing what you were doing 20 years ago. You're still miserable. You know, like you, you know, you're still living in the same place, still doing the same thing where I have elevated and evolved and become more than I could have ever imagined. And I have learned so many skills and, and just learned so much that I can take with me outside of the adult industry and be an entrepreneur, which is something I never saw for myself. So yes, I would tell myself to stay on this journey. It's going to work out. Yeah, we, you know, it's true because we, we teach ourselves to be um, videographers and, you know, editors and marketers and it's, it just goes on and on. It is. It's a lot. Um, But it's so beneficial because like I said, there, I've learned and self-taught myself things that I can take with me for the rest of my life and always have a form of income and a, and a way to make money and be an entrepreneur. So that's true. That is true. Um, and I, 
I know for me, I just quit my corporate job the end of January or end of April last year to do this full time. And that was really scary, giving up insurance benefits and that guaranteed check, even though it was small. But I kept thinking about, you know, if this didn't work out, if, you know, which it's not likely that it won't, it's going to work out, it's working out. But what could I do, you know, to if I had to go back into the corporate world and I didn't want to be a social worker again, I don't want to do that. You know, what could I do? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, a lot of things, you know, I, the first thing that came to mind was to work for like a marketing firm or a PR firm, you know, that or be your own or be, yeah, start your own or be your own. Like, I feel like with the pandemic, the pandemic definitely, uh, especially with the influx of TikTok and Instagram reels, it should, for me was very encouraging and motivating and inspiring to realize that you can do anything that you want. And if you have internet and with me, I've bought multiple laptops and and computers and like all of this equipment, I've got multiple microphones so I could, you know, operate a podcast. I can do a YouTube channel. Like for me, the pandemic really showed me that I have everything in and beyond what a normal person would have because I'm excessive Mm -hmm. and special, but (laughs) You know, I have all of these tools that and resources and information that I can do anything and I don't ever have to work for another person if I don't want to. I 100% agree with you. Absolutely. And uh, you're right. The the ways to make money online are crazy. And, you know, it's one thing I have friends who, you know, don't make, you know, as much money or they're in financial you know, despair or something. And, you know, I'll say to them, there are so many ways to make money online. It doesn't even have to be in sex work. I mean, there's just a ton of things, but yet they, they can't see it. You know, they can't understand that, but you're right. I mean, I have a reason for that. If you want to hear it, I do. We, do. we are trained from the minute we're born and maybe even before, that there is a certain path that we're expected to take. We're expected to go to school. We're expected to do good in school. We're expected. And in fact, this is something that I'm talking about a lot more now because I feel like a lot of my inability, to, like I'm a good leader, but I struggle with things like being too nice or thinking that, you know, turning the cheek and being kind to people is always the answer. And it's not in business. Sometimes you have to be firm and, and, you know, stick behind your beliefs. And this comes from my upbringing. I was raised to be polite. I was raised to be affectionate. I was raised to be kind and nice. And that was the way I was also, we're also raised to believe that we go to high school, we graduate, we get good grades, we go get a nine to five. And that's where the success comes into play. So a lot of us struggle with leaving this job, which you could be let go from your job at any time anyways, because corporate America is a mess. You are disposable, you are unappreciated, and there's really no longevity. There's no such thing as creating a career when you work for other people. Nope. 
unless you're building yourself a legal firm or something where it's like you're getting the experience and internship to be your own boss at some point and own your own firm or your own doctor's office or your own salon or whatever. In that particular case, things are a little bit different. But in this world, like I know from being in corporate America, I've always been overly ambitious. I'm the type of person that wants to learn everything. Mm -hmm. Like even though I work in one job, when I worked in accounting, I did accounts receivable. I wanted to know how to do accounts payable. I wanted to do customer service. I learned what they did in the warehouse and what did the bottle, like I worked for a liquor distributor called uh, Southern Wine and Spirits. And so I would find out, you know, what's the difference between a 750 milliliter bottle of, you know, Hennessy versus, you know, this and that. And like right. me knowing those things made me better at my job. And so people took that as, oh, she's coming for my job. And it's right. like, no, I just want to be the best at what I do. Okay. So with that ambition I learned in corporate America, I thought that's what made you a better employee. And in fact, it made you uh, a threat to those who weren't doing half of what they were supposed to be doing. And so it created a lot of like social issues in situations where I'm like, I'm just here to do my damn job. Right get my paycheck, be good at what I do so that I can excel, not to take your job, but maybe to help you with your job or whatever. And it just, you know, I, I learned very early on that that type of ambition is threatening to those who are comfortable doing the minimum. And so the great thing about being an entrepreneur and having that type of ambition is that in, in an entrepreneurship experience, you know, there's no one to compete with, but you, right. So I feel like that training just has people like they feel like having the nine to five is the secure thing to do. Right. That's the the way to get people's approval. And when you do online work, whether it's sex work or just general marketing and whatever, um, social media management or whatever it is that you do that's not sexual work, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of risk in that. Yeah. But to be honest, taking risks, making sacrifices and being passionate about what I do is what's helped keep me successful. So if that's a lesson to anybody who's watching, go for it. Yeah. You, if you don't take risks, you, if you never try to push the envelope, it's like what they say, like, if you don't open the box, you'll never know what's in it. Right. Give right. it a shot. Well, you know, and if you don't take risks, you don't grow. Right. You don't grow at all. And I mean, yeah. I've recently learned that it's like, if I, I mean, want anything, I got to make it happen. It's up to me. It's not up to anybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, you know, if you don't take the risk, then you're never going to see anything than what you've seen. You know, right. if you never, it's like people that don't travel. Like if you've been in the same place your whole life, if you yep. don't ever take that chance and get on a plane and just go somewhere. Right. You know, the whole, like even city to city in a state is different. Go to a different town, go to a different city, just explore. And like the same thing happens with our careers because this is our livelihood. This is our survival. Mm -hmm. People are less inclined to take those types of chances. But I'm like, listen, you take chances when you spend a lot of money at Christmas. You take chances when you buy a car you really can't afford. If you're going to take chances, why not take a chance in something that gives you the freedom to travel, the freedom to be your own boss, the freedom to make your own schedule, the freedom to make as much money or as little money as you want. Right. It's true. Are, are there a lack of benefits? I mean, that is, you know, something right. that could be, you, you could figure it out, but ultimately, you know, how much of your health benefits do you really use? Right. 
I just had this conversation recently <laughs> with, I, with Romy Chase um, about, you know, you can pay $1,500, $1,800 a month, you know, for your health benefit. And what health insurance is, it's catastrophic insurance. It's if you get in a, you know, life-threatening accident or, you know, you you come up with, God forbid, some medical diagnosis that requires a lot of treatment. But if you're a fairly healthy person, you know, it's 250 bucks to go to the doctor. How often do you do that? You know, once a year, maybe, if you're healthy. Maybe. You know, if maybe. you have a lot of health issues, that's a whole different story. But um, Well, there's also clinics. Yeah. Oh, urgent yeah. cares. They're, 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 and there's a lot of stuff that does things on a pay scale. And I mean, you know. There's a lot of ways to get around things. If there's a will, there's a way. I'm not telling you how to cheat the system, but right. I do feel like we make excuses. And a lot of people, and that's kind of like what we live in right now. Everyone's making excuses on why they can't buy a house or why they can't right. do this or why they can't start a new business or why they can't work for themselves. And it's like, if, if the word can't is in your vocabulary with every statement, then you know what? You're right. You can't do anything because you haven't even tried, but you can't fail at something that you never take the chance to even attempt to do. That's true. And I'm big on energy healing too, because uh, you know, when you put it out to the universe, I can't afford to whatever, whatever it is, you just put it out there that you, you are not going to afford it. (laughs) Right. Well, not only that, but you're mentally, you're mentally preparing yourself to never have it. Yes. When you, when, when you dream of things, this is why they say like dreams are so effective and like Mm -hmm. so important in your life. Because when you dream of something and you start like continually thinking about it and manifesting it internally, then you start to project. And when you start projecting, it's like the contagious, uh, the contagion of positivity, When you smile at someone and just say, hey, I hope you're having a good day. And then it becomes infectious because now they're like, wow, that was really nice. They don't even know me from a can of paint. They said hi and they you know, <laughs> hope you have a good day. And it's like the same thing when you say, like, I know, like, and also, again, sacrifices. It goes back to making sacrifices. Like right now I'm in the process of getting ready to buy a house next year. And so- I don't know where I'm going to live. I just know that I'm going to have a really nice house and some land. And um, I'm making decisions now, like making sure that my credit is, is being taken care of and setting some money aside. And, you know, how am I going to prove my income and all of the things that go into buying a house and not only that, but like making better decisions financially. Mm -hmm. So my shopping has definitely come down a lot. And I'm also finding other ways to make money, like purging my closet and selling everything. And like, what do I really need trying to minimalize all the junk that I have? Because I've collected a lot of things over the years. So it's like, you know, these are things that help you get ready for maybe not the house of your ultimate dreams. Maybe I'm not going to have this, you know, $2 million mansion that I may want which I really don't because who's going to clean it. But you know what I mean? Like I'm at least working towards getting my first, um, well, it wouldn't be my first, but my second house Mm -hmm. and then building from there. And like, I really want to do um, adult content creation, friendly Airbnb places. So you Mm -hmm. could go like come to Baltimore and, you know, rent my Airbnb. And I sign a statement that says that you have permission to film adult content in Mm -hmm. that property. And so there'll be no issues with someone saying, Ooh, 
use my Airbnb right. for adult content. This is going to, you know, which is something a lot of people don't talk about. But right. when you rent hotels and Airbnbs, there's that chance. Absolutely. So I want to have properties in all the major cities and everywhere where you could literally rent it. I mean, it would be a regular Airbnb right. also, but ultimately, you know, you could call me up and be like, yo, you got a property in New York. And I'll be like, yep, here we go. Here we go. Free to film. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. I love that. And I believe you're going to accomplish it too. You will definitely Thank you. do it. And I can't wait to rent one of your places. Ooh, or all of them. No. <laughs> so, um, as we close out, one thing I like to ask too is um, ask you for a granny panty tip of the week. So what is one tip? It can be about anything. It can be about running your business, content creation, beauty, um, sexuality. What is one great tip you have for our viewers? The tip that I have is we need more love in this world. We really do. And it starts with yourself. Love yourself. And when you love yourself, you're teaching people how to love you and inevitably love each other. So we need to be kinder to ourselves and to each other. And I know I sound like the end of a Jerry Springer episode. I've been saying it a lot lately, but I really feel like it's important. I am teaching myself not to become bitter when situations go sour and to still be kind in, in moments where I don't really feel like being kind. And it happens, but I, I want to share that with everyone. Like, And I love myself, so I want to love other people too, so. Awesome. I I love that. <laughs> well, you better love it. <laughs> thank I, you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I just love your positivity and all your knowledge. And I love being around you. You made AVN so fun streaming together. I had so much fun with you and I hope you know how much I respect you and you know, you mean a lot to me. So you, you definitely have a special place in my heart. Likewise, likewise. Um, so before we close, tell everybody where they can find you. I'll also link it. Awesome. So you can find me on Twitter at platinum P Z Z Y and the number one, that's my main account. But more, uh, more lately, you'll see me on iHeartBBWCOM, which is on Instagram and Twitter. And then on TikTok, we're iHeartBBWCOM2 and YouTube, iHeartBBW. So that's basically where I spend the most of my time um, and where you'll find most of my content. So awesome. come and check me out. Follow yes. us. Go check her out and all of her positive movements she's working on. And thank you again so much, Carrie. I hope I get to see you soon. Um, either you will. Expos. You'll see me at Expos, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks so much.